Welcome to Authentically Me. This is your host, Megan Signs. My purpose is to bring you real, raw, and honest conversations to help uncover the vulnerability in all of you. New episodes every Monday, so leave the judgment at the door because it's time to get authentic. Welcome back. So today we are going to be talking about how many of you have downed a pizza and the next day you feel like crap. Raise your hand because food affects your mind, body, and soul. So we're going to be talking about how going vegan has changed my life. I know there's a lot of different opinions on being vegan and so forth. So with that said, I'm not trying to persuade anyone to go vegan. I'm just simply sharing my story. I've had numerous people tell me that they have never felt so understood when I shared my story or they are curious in making the switch, but they don't know how. So today I will be addressing all of that from my own personal experience. We'll just start with the term vegan. I actually didn't know where this originated from, so I'm pretty excited to share this. According to an article published out of Vegan News, the term vegan was created in 1944 by Ronald Watson an English animal rights advocate and founder of the Vegan Society, to describe a person who avoids using animals for ethical reason. So that's pretty cool. And actually, when I did some further research, Ronald Watson was the founder of Vegan News. So it was actually published in his Vegan Society. So it's pretty interesting. I'm not a huge like facts person, but I wanted to throw that in there because it was interesting. Let's get into the juicy details. So going vegan has changed my life in multiple aspects. I have more energy. My recovery from illness is 10 times better than it was before. I used to always constantly be sick. I had strep throat probably, I don't even know, like three times in a month when I was little. Up until I was about, I think it was my freshman year of college, I decided to get my tonsils out. And that's when I stopped getting sick. But then I had a ton of gut issues. And that's when I got... PCOS and I went gluten intolerant. And so definitely better. I haven't had any issues, honestly, since switching vegan. So that's been amazing. It's changed my entire outlook on food and how meat is processed. It's helped me tremendously with my past eating disorder. So I used to have a history of bulimia and anorexia. I don't feel like I'm counting my calories as much. It's not really about like a carbs and a protein thing where if you're eating meat, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm eating too many potatoes or I'm eating too much meat. And I don't feel like it's like that. My meals are balanced. It's nice to have a balanced meal and not worry about what I'm eating constantly. You know, I just know that intuitively what I'm making is really good for my body. So that is a plus. The creativity is absolutely unbelievable. You can seriously make anything out of vegetables and fruit. I had no idea that carrots could become salmon. And in a sandwich, it is truly divine. I went to Germany and there they had this vegan gluten-free place and they made this salmon out of carrots. It was so freaking good. I need to try and mimic it at home, but I was amazed. It was so good. And the bread was really good. Didn't taste like gluten-free. You can also make anything. The textures of meat, you can make it from soy curls, jackfruit, chickpeas, tofu, mushrooms. Honestly, endless possibilities. So my gut bacteria is way, way better than it has ever been. The benefits in terms of my PCOS 
are amazing because I'm addressing my gut bacteria. I'm less inflamed. So PCOS is actually a metabolic disease. I don't think most people realize that or know that. Doctors are, in terms of Western medicine, they're not really informed as far as PCOS. So from a holistic standpoint, it is a metabolic disease and it honestly has nothing to do with the ovaries. While it does affect them because there's clearly a bunch of cysts on them, it starts in your gut. Everything, every disease pretty much starts in your gut. Your gut is in control of a lot of your body. So I'm not always tired anymore. My cycles have become more regular. I've lost weight. I was so full of inflammation that it was making me puffy and it just wasn't good. That is a huge plus in how it's affected my PCOS. I wanted to start by talking about just the different reasons why people go vegan. And then I wanted to get into like why I decided to go vegan. I know there's a lot of different reasons why. So the two main ones I know are animals, ethical reasons. And the second one is health concerns. There's also another one that's environmental. So the reasons why I decided to go vegan, mine was originally for health reasons, and then it turned into being about animals. So before I was even vegan, I remember I watched a TikTok where the baby cow got separated from its mom just so we could take the milk from the mom and use it for us to drink. I was mind blown. Could you imagine being pregnant, having your baby, and then they take your baby to feed it formula while they pump your milk for other people to drink? Just imagine the grief the mom cow endures, the pure betrayal, all so that we can just drink milk. I honestly did not believe this at first. I had to message a friend who's vegan and ask, and they confirmed that this is what happens. And then my other friend grew up on a farm and said the same thing. I was honestly mind blown and completely disgusted. I don't remember the last time I've drinking real milk. I was drinking lactose-free milk and I was unaware that it's still milk, but they just take out the lactose in it. So I was just completely disgusted. I think I found cow farms after that and I went up to the cows, felt their energy, just gave them so much love because I was so sad and the energy was so heavy. I just can't do it. As I stated, I originally started for health reasons. I've always been gluten intolerant, so it actually started with a study that I did in college where I had to give up bread. I was taking an intro to criminal justice, and the assignment we had was to give up something that we loved because the point was to see like what it was like to be an alcoholic or a drug addict and to go through those withdrawals. So it actually worked. I would recommend this. So I gave up bread. I absolutely love bread so much. So I gave it up. And then when I tried to introduce it back into my diet, it was so hard. I got so bloated and I was so sad because I was like, I'm never going to be able to eat bread again. But I don't think it was just because of that. The withdrawals were definitely real, even as a simple thing as bread. Like I couldn't believe it because I was like, this is insane. I can't even imagine what it's like to actually be addicted to drugs or alcohol and go through this. I couldn't do it. So I give tremendous props to people who are going through that. I'm so proud of you. I'm rooting for you. Keep on track. I think before looking back, I got bloated numerous times when I ate bread and like pastas and gluten overall. I just didn't realize that it was causing me that much inflammation. I had a huge flare up in Finland from stress. 
I'm pretty positive it was an EBV flare-up, which is Epstein-Barr virus. I had a huge rash all over my body. It was kind of itchy, but not really. It was honestly just red all over my body. It was so painful. My body was so inflamed. I think I gained 15 pounds. It was crazy the amount of weight I had put on. I just felt like this fluffy marshmallow. Couldn't fit into any of my clothing. Like it just felt so uncomfortable. I didn't want to have clothes on. And it was really hot. Like my skin was literally on fire. That was crazy. I didn't have any other symptoms though. Besides that, I felt completely fine. I did start to feel sick after a few days though. I think this was on like the last three days I was in Finland. So I started getting like a fever, I started feeling really sick, and I was just like, I do not know what to do. So for those of you that don't know, EBV can cause mono, but usually doesn't. In fact, most EBV infections aren't noticeable, even when they are most active. So according to the Mayo Clinic, by age 35, most everyone has antibodies to EBV, indicating their past infections, which I've actually had when I thought I had COVID before COVID was even a thing. It was right before COVID started. Every single test I took was negative. I took the strep, the flu, they tested me for mono, everything came back negative. And so they weren't sure what was wrong with me. But looking back after the second flare-up, I realized that it was probably the start of an EBV flare-up. And I think Looking back at the history of how much I was sick, I think I've just had it in my system and it's just flared up multiple times from stress or not eating properly or something like that. So this time the same thing happened and the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. My skin was seriously on fire. I went to the ER in Finland and they actually turned me away. It takes me a lot to ask for help sometimes and I really just wanted to like enjoy this trip. I was with a friend. I didn't want to ruin the experience for her and I just felt so bad. So I was like, I don't need to go to the ER. Like, let's go shopping. Let's go have fun. Like, let's enjoy this trip. But I think the second day I was like, all right, I got to go. We need to go figure out what's going on because I was just in so much pain and it just wasn't enjoyable for me anymore. So I finally went to the ER which was so weird. There wasn't like a front entrance or at least we couldn't find it. So we went in and it was literally the hospital. We were walking through patients' rooms and I don't even know how we got in here, but yeah, it was really easy to get in there. We finally saw a nurse and we were like, um, we were trying to like get seen. So they walked us through the hospital to the entrance. I basically had to take a number and they were super rude. I didn't have my ID on me or anything. I wasn't expecting to go to the ER. We were actually shopping and I just felt so sick. Like I just was like, we need to go. So they were like, do you have your passport or an ID? I didn't have really anything on me. So I had a picture of my passport, but that was about it. And they were super rude. They were like, well, this is not a dire need or an emergency. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, yes, it is. My skin is literally on fire. I need to be seen. I need to know what's going on. I'm pretty in tune with my body. So I know when something is off or what's going on. Like I usually know what it is before I go and see the doctor. And so like I knew something was wrong. And yeah, so they turned me away. They're like, well, we can't see you. This is not an emergency. And I seriously almost started crying. I (laughs) walked away so slowly and I was just in shock. I was like, how can they turn this away? It was just bad. That happened. I went to an acupuncturist when I finally got back home and I love her so much. She finally told me it was a virus. Um, I finally saw a dermatologist who also confirmed it was a virus. I had just listened to a podcast on EBV virus 
It's called Flourish Through Holistic Health, and it's by Dr. Casey Holland. She is amazing at explaining what EBV is and what all it means. So if you wanted to know more about it, I would head over to her page. Then I got allergy tested, and I know they're not always 100% accurate, Mine came back with 19 things that I'm allergic to and then 18 that I'm borderline allergic to. So I can have the 18 things once a week. But let me tell you, I did test some of them and realized that all of them were causing me to be inflamed. This was devastating because it came back that I'm allergic to rice and corn, which is what pretty much all gluten-free food is made from. And this is when I discovered that I probably had something called leaky gut. So this is when you have an unhealthy gut lining that usually has cracks or holes in it, which allows partially digested food, toxins, and bugs to penetrate the tissues beneath it. So the main cause of this is bacterial imbalance, which comes from your gut. And as we all know, I was not eating the greatest. Um, Some symptoms include bloating, gas, cramps, and food sensitivities. This was pretty clear to me that this is what I had because every time I ate something, I just thought it had gluten in it. Everything has gluten in it. I can't even begin to tell you pretty much every sauce. There's multiple things that have gluten in it. So I just thought maybe it had gluten in it and I missed it because over the years, I've learned new products that have gluten in it that I didn't know of. And so there might be some slip ups, but it turns out that it It was rice and corn and all of this other stuff that I was eating. And so the allergy test was really beneficial for me because I could see what I was eating and then I could eliminate that for my diet. To fix leaky gut, I did my own research because Western medicine has failed me multiple times and I did go to the doctors and they had no answers and I was tired of being lied to. I was tired of not having answers. And as I venture more into my holistic medicine path, I just knew that this is what my body needed. So I did an entire cleanse through Medical Medium, who's also amazing. Highly recommend looking at his stuff. And I did celery juice. I made a vegan bone broth for my gut, which I have that recipe on my highlights in my Instagram. So if you haven't had a chance to get that or if you're curious of what's in that, then go ahead and head there. I basically did a juice cleanse and then a raw diet. So a raw vegan diet was like all raw vegetables and fruits and all that stuff to just cleanse my whole intestine lining. So I did that for, I think it was three to five days. And then I did the gut broth every single night to line my stomach. So the gut broth is like a new lining for your intestine. So it lines down this really smooth lining that covers all the holes in there for you. And then you can start slowly introducing foods into your diet. So whole foods and stuff like that, obviously do it really slowly or you're going to overwhelm your digestive. You have to imagine it as like a baby stomach. You're starting fresh. That was nice for me and my stomach overall. So with learning all of this, It was easier for me to make the switch to vegan because I'm already gluten intolerant and one of the things I can't have is milk as well. So I didn't drink much milk anyways, as I already said, but, and I really don't eat that much cheese. I used to love nacho cheese and Colby cheese, but besides that, I realized I didn't really eat it with anything. I wasn't a huge meat eater either. I mainly ate hamburgers or like ground beef, chicken or fish, but never steak or any red meats like that. I think in the beginning it was a little hard, but 
even when I go out, sometimes I'll get like chicken or fish. In the very beginning when I was switching, as I did the slow switch over, or I would get some stuff with like cheese in them, but my taste buds have changed and all I smell when I see chicken or order it and like try and think that I want it again, it's like raw chicken to me and it's so gross to me. And then all I smell is raw fish. I'm like so weird about textures and so the fish smell is just like so strong now and I just can't do it. Like I see meat so differently than I did before and my taste buds have changed for sure. But going on to that, I always get asked if I ever miss anything. And in the beginning, I definitely miss chicken and fish. I love salmon and rotisserie chicken. So I would always crave those. And Taco Bell. I don't know why Taco Bell is my weak spot, but it is. Even now, like I still make some exceptions for Taco Bell. And the Taco Bell here is like way healthier and completely different than the one in the States. So if you're in Europe, you know what I'm talking about. But also the locations are different in every country that you go to. So that also varies, but I think the one in Spain is actually really good. I enjoy it a lot. That is my guilty pleasure. I don't know why. I don't know if it'll ever fade away, but I just listen to my body and that's what it wants. So going on to that, after I discovered all of my allergies, I wanted to ask you guys a question. If you truly know what's in your food and what's going into your body. So talking about my allergies, corn and rice are in everything and I truly do not understand why. According to Reuters, corn is sometimes referred to as yellow, hold, because it is used to make so many products that end up throughout the economy from food storage shelves to gas pumps to industrial chemical plants. Corn is in cereals, peanut butter, popcorn, tortilla chips, ice cream, and animal feeds and so much more. This was shocking to me. I look at the ingredients on everything and I literally cannot eat probably 98% of everything in the stores because it always has rice or corn in it. So I make everything from scratch now and it's mind-blowing how much additives store-bought things have. There's literally no reason for them. I have seriously made everything from scratch and it honestly tastes so much better than the stuff in stores. I also think this is what's helped me lose weight because I don't have the preservatives that are coming and all of like the junk food and the processing that's in stuff in stores. So I bought my own bread maker. I bought my own ice cream maker and I was mind blown at how easy it is to make ice cream with three ingredients, not 10 like in the stores or bread that doesn't have rice in it or rice syrup or corn syrup or whatever it is. Like it is just so crazy. And my body is so thankful, so thankful. Another question I get asked is how do I get my protein? So in the vegan world, you can get protein from a lot of stuff. You can get it from legumes, beyond meat, anything with beans pretty much. And did you know that lentils have 17.9 grams of protein? That is insane. Steak has 22 grams of protein and lentils are probably like a third cheaper than a steak and so much better for you. What is a vegan diet? We're going to talk about the difference between vegan and vegetarian because I feel like this is a huge discrepancy. Most people don't realize the difference. So people do not get the difference between vegan and vegetarian. Even in Spain, I'll be like, oh, do you have vegan options? They'll be like, oh yeah, this one it has cheese on it. And I'm like, that's not vegan. Yes, we need to draw a clear line between these two. 
Vegetarians eat no meat or fish, but will still consume eggs and or dairy. Vegans don't eat any product from animals because it has harm to others. So being vegan, you can get iron through vitamin C, dark leafy greens, and black strap molasses. So all of these are essential for PCOS, which made my life a million times better. So I definitely recommend it. Black strap molasses, if you don't know, if you have clumps on your period in your blood when you're on it, you should be taking this every day. Take a spoonful of black strap molasses. It literally tastes like crap, but I promise you it is doing so much justice to your body and will help you. It's actually a form of magnesium. So that helps and it is a form of iron. So it really helps you naturally get that in your body. They also have vegan omega-3s, which I didn't know. I get mine on Amazon. I used to get them from Vimergy. They have one on there, but they have sunflower oil and I can't have sunflower oil. So I switched to Amazon and it's amazing. So let's talk about whole plant-based versus vegan. So whole plant-based is a raw plant diet. So they eat vegetables, fruits, whole grains, nuts, and seeds. They don't eat chips or cookies because there's too many processing stuff in those for them. It's a very extreme, healthy, conscious mind if you're going to be a whole plant-based. It has minimal processing. If you want to go even cleaner, then this would be for you. Vegan has the impossible meat beyond burgers, vegan cheese, some processing and oils and cooked meals. So, I mean, it's not bad for you. There's warmth and stuff in there. I did the whole plant-based raw meals when I was cleansing my whole bacterial gut lining just because it is cleaner and my body needed that. But now I eat vegan. Does my food taste bland? I get asked a lot and no. Even when I was just gluten intolerant, I made sure everything tasted how it normally would. So I think it's actually a plus that I've gone from eating meat and regular foods to going gluten and vegan because if something doesn't taste good, I'm like, absolutely not. Some of you know that I had a bakery and it was well known as one of the best gluten-free foods. My mission was to make sure it didn't taste like crap because all gluten-free stuff is chalky and dry and it's just seriously disgusting. So I felt like vegan stuff is sticky and all has the same textures. I love to cook and bake and play around with food. I don't ever post anything that I haven't made multiple times or have tried myself. I want you guys to have the best recipes and the best food. I'm not just going to throw out this vegan recipe that tastes like crap. So I truly invest a lot of my time into cooking and playing around and making sure it tastes amazing. So that is truly important to me. So I hope you guys learned a lot from this episode. I appreciate you so much for chiming in to my weekly episodes. Definitely check out my highlight on my Instagram under meals to grab some recipes that actually taste good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to always create a safe space to be vulnerable in. And if you benefited from this episode in any way, the best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your team. Or even better, drop me a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, I love being a resource to you on Instagram at HealWithMegan. I can't wait to share space with you all again next week. Sending you all love and healing.